Blog Talk Radio. It's that time, America. Your very own nationally award-winning family radio talk show. Let's Talk America with host Shayla Thornton is set to air now. We feature the trending news stories, the timely interviews you want to hear, and the hottest music in the industry. This show truly is news talk for everyone. Let others know right now that you're tuned into quality news talk that matters. You're listening to Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thornton. The broadcast begins now, now, now. Well, good Tuesday evening, everyone, and welcome to your national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, with host Shana Thornton. Now, of course, I am Shana, and I am so honored and excited that you opted to join us live this Tuesday, July 5th, 2016. I trust you and your family and friends had one awesome holiday weekend celebrating July the 4th, Independence Day. Now, you should know that this national award-winning radio talk show program offers news talk for literally every single member of your household, regardless of age. Now, we have been on air for the past three years, and we've had the opportunity to present the exclusive interviews on so many different topics with the leading experts and celebrity guests that are out there. We cover topics of health, law, politics, education, pop culture, and so much more. Remember, your family radio talk show, Let's Talk America, keeps you informed. Now, if this is your very first time tuning in, I welcome you, and I promise you, you are in for one pretty dynamic experience. Hi, right now I would encourage you to hashtag LTA Radio, hashtag LTA Radio, all caps or lowercase on your favorite social media outlet. If you're out there on Snapchat or Instagram or is it Twitter or Facebook, hey, go ahead and snap a selfie and hashtag LTA Radio. Let others know that you are tuned in to your award-winning family radio talk show program. Hello, everyone. I would also like to remind you that we have a newly designed website with a new website domain, and that's ltaradio.com. So please visit www.ltaradio.com. Well, tonight we have one amazing guest to line up. Our featured conversation is one that's very timely. Have you ever wondered how to survive a natural disaster, such as extreme summer heat or flooding? Well, one doctor has some vital tips for you to hear. Dr. Joe Alton joins the show tonight. You want to stay with us. And do you know enough about cardiogenic shock? You may have heard about heart attacks, but this condition is much more extreme. You want to stay with us because we have interventional cardiologist Dr. Paraz Maraj will join us to discuss this health concern with a patient. Also, if you recall a few months ago, hoverboards were all the rave. Well, are you still concerned about the safety of hoverboards? Well, an engineer and a hoverboard company executive will join me on air tonight to discuss the popular item. So you want to stay with us for that. And lastly, celebrity carpenter Kate Campbell joins the lineup to offer guidance to homeowners anxious to achieve the outdoor space of their dreams. So that's a very timely conversation. Remember, Let's Talk America Radio offers news talk, and music. So you want to definitely tune in for the entire segment tonight. Now, speaking of music, of course, that we adore, tunes of Jill Miller will play tonight. So you want to certainly stay with us for this amazing selection by this very talented 
artists. Of course, we will also feature our signature in the news, where we highlight the top trending news of the hour. All right, everyone, it's time to message all of your family, friends, colleagues, neighbors, literally everyone you know, and let them know that your family radio talk show program is on right now. Let's Talk America Radio. All right, so get ready. We keep you informed here. We bring awareness to the issues that matter. All right, and do remember, of course, again, hashtag LTA Radio. Please hashtag LTA Radio right now and let others know you are tuned in. Regardless of what social media site you're on, be it Pinterest, Google+, Twitter, or Facebook, hashtag us right now and let us know you're on so we can certainly recognize you. All right, we're set to kick it off for this Tuesday, July 5th. Let's get it. Let's Talk America Radio is on now. Do you need to see a doctor today and can't wait two weeks for an appointment? Are you tired of waiting for hours on end in the emergency room? Well, good news. Get Well Urgent Care is open seven days a week from 10 a.m. until 10 p.m. Dr. Baruti and his well-trained staff specialize in minor surgical procedures like keloid removal, IV therapy, telemedicine, and a six-month physician-supervised weight loss program. Get Well Urgent Care is located in Douglasville, Georgia, Interstate 20, Exit 37. Call 404-937-3508 or go to www.getwellga.org. Hi, this is Shirley, and we just love listening to Let's Talk America with host Shana Thorpe. Hi, my name is Kavarga, and I listen to Let's Talk America. Hi, my name is Nicole Dodd, and I'm tuning in every Tuesday at 7.30 to Let's Talk America with host Shana Thorpe. This is Audrey, and I'm listening to Let's Talk America with Shana Thorpe. This is such an awesome show. If you're not connected, you really need to be. Welcome back, everyone. I would always like to give a special thanks to all of our national sponsors and partners. Your support truly is priceless. Thank you for sticking with us. And, of course, I'd be remiss if I did not thank our weekly dedicated loyal listeners. Thank you so much for sticking with your award-winning family talk program, Let's Talk America radio show. And thank you for continuing to share our news with everyone you know and your network. We have received the messages, the feedback. Thank you for sharing our great news out there. Okay, everyone, if this is your very first time listening to the show, you should know that it's time for our signature in the news. And, of course, this is a time where we highlight the top trending news of the hour, and that be national and global news. Keep that in mind. Please note that Let's Talk America Radio has collaborated with the one and only SCB-TV Channel 182 on the Charter Network in Georgia to bring you the televised edition of In the News. We're very excited about this opportunity. Please visit www.ltaradio.com, and there you will be led to the Vimeo link where you can watch the televised edition of the news that we present weekly. So we're very excited, again, about this opportunity, and won't you join us, continue to be with us on our journey of delivering news and keeping you informed. Well, everyone, we're set to kick off in the news for the week of July the 5th, 2016. Series of bombings hit the Middle East. A deadly truck bomb killed at least 157 people and wounded 190 in a crowded Baghdad shopping district over the weekend. The government expects the death tolls to rise. 
a string of additional bombings elsewhere in Baghdad on Monday took the lives of 16 people and wounded many more. Now, the horrific attack is the latest in a string of bombings in the Middle East. A separate series of bombings across Saudi Arabia this past Monday claimed more lives. The Islamic State has claimed a responsibility for the fatal attacks during this most recent period of Ramadan, which was recognized by Muslims worldwide as a period of fasting. And finally, in the news for tonight, the leading cause of death revealed heart disease is the number one killer of Americans, followed by cancer, according to new data from U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Adult deaths for 2014 declined 1%, and life expectancy increased for black men, Hispanics, and non-Hispanic black men. Over the years, the reporting has shown a significant decrease in deaths from heart problems and cancer. Well, everyone, this concludes our edition of In the News. Do stay informed with us, okay? Please uh, connect with us on Twitter. There, our handle is S.S. Thornton. Our handle on Twitter is S.S. Thornton, S-S-T-H-O-R-N-T-O-N. Connect with us. We continue to share the breaking news stories uh, around the clock, 24 hours, okay? Do connect, and we do follow back. Well, we will be up next in mere seconds with a very important and timely conversation about surviving natural disasters, the summer heat. Just how dangerous is the heat, and how does heat exhaustion differ from a heat stroke? We have a medical expert up next who wants to share some vital tips. You're listening to Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton Radio Show. Hey, you want to bring your career to the next level? Call United Medical and Business Institute now, 866-304-UMBI, and enroll today. You can be certified in less than a year. If you've always wanted to get into the healthcare field or you want to make more money, this is your chance. UMBI is MARTA accessible and offers flexible class schedules. Financial assistance available for those who qualify. Call 866-304-UMBI or visit them on the web at umbi.edu. Your future is only a call away. United Medical and Business Institute, where your goal become your reality. Welcome back, everyone. It is now time for our quote of the night, where I share one pretty moving and motivational quote by often those who are well-known and sometimes those who are not. But tonight, it comes from a gentleman very well-known, Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., civil rights leader and activist, who once said, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Again, the late, great Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. once said, Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Those powerful words from a very legendary public figure uh, reigns true even today. Hatred is never a good thing. So those are some very powerful words, again, by Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. Well, everyone, we'll be right back in seconds. Are you ready to hear the one and only survival doctor, Dr. Joe Alton, as he shares with us some very important critical health tips to surviving some natural disasters? You may not think of extreme summer heat as a natural disaster, but it certainly can be considered that. And if a flood hit you and your family property today, are you prepared? Stay with us. You're listening to your national award-winning family radio talk show, Let's Talk America. Hello, everyone. I'm Latasha Matthews from Columbia, South Carolina, and I'm listening to Let's Talk America with Shana Thornton. Hi, I'm Nikki Smith. I'm in Dallas, Texas, and I love listening to Let's Talk America with Shana Thornton. I love the fact that it's a family-friendly show, and it has great guests. It has great music submissions, and I think she's doing a wonderful job, and I will continue to support it, and I encourage you to as well. Thank you, and have a blessed day. Hey, how you doing? This is L Hustle from Detroit, Michigan. You're not tuning into the 
Let's Talk America with your host, Shannon Thornton. Hi, this is Carol from Atlanta, Georgia, and I listen to Let's Talk America with Shana Thornton. Welcome back, listeners of your national award-winning family news talk show, Let's Talk America. Well, you know, we are in the midst of summer, and the temperatures have already skyrocketed, actually, in some of the triple digits in many parts of the nation. Now, what exactly does this mean for you, your family, in particular your health? Well, I'm no expert, but you know here on Let's Talk America Radio, we seek those that are. And right now I have the honor of speaking with Dr. Joe Alton. He is the author of three best-selling Amazon books, uh, The Survival Medicine Handbook, uh, the second edition, and many more books. He's got some great information talking about the heat this summer and many more topics we're going to cover. Welcome to Let's Talk America Radio, Dr. Alton. I'm glad to be here, Shana. Thanks for having me. Uh, What an honor. Now, first, Dr. Alton, we have to ask the obvious. You know, we many of us grew up um, with um, extreme heat temperatures. We went outside to play, and we often ran for hours. Some um, were out there even without taking frequent water breaks. You know, you're an expert. I know you and your wife have researched a lot on the dangers of heat. How dangerous is extreme heat during the summer months? It can be life-threatening. You might not consider... High heat to be a natural disaster, you might consider it just well, it's just part of the summer. I, you know, I've lived in South Florida myself, so I know what a hot summer is like. But yes. the truth of the matter is that heat waves can cause mass casualties. As a matter of fact, in Europe, it killed tens of thousands of people in a particular year, and that year wasn't in the Middle Ages, it was in 2003. And of course, oh, wow. places like, yeah, places like India and Pakistan, other underdeveloped. Tropical countries have thousands of deaths a year from it, and heat can really affect you and affect you very quickly. Your body core, of course, has to regulate its temperature for good organ function, and when your body temperature rises excessively, we call that hyperthermia. Damage to the the organs occurs that cause them to leak toxins. This causes death of cells, major inflammation, causes a lot of... A lot of bad things, and these deaths without intervention occur very quickly, even in those people that are physically fit. You'll probably hear of a hiker uh, in the uh, in the mountains out west uh, being found dead, and yes. those people are usually in pretty good shape. And so it's just a matter of uh, recognizing the signs and symptoms and knowing how to treat it. Wow. You know, here in the U.S., we continue to see stories, um, even as late as last summer um, and also this summer, unfortunately, of individuals um, who have passed out or were uh, fatally dead uh, due to heat. And often they're found inside of their homes. Now, from the stories that I have covered, often uh, there was no air conditioning or some sort of cooling device inside the home that was suffice. Um, I guess many people say, well, we're in a modern country. This is the United States of America. Um, How can someone uh, pass away from the heat even though they're sitting inside of their house? Most of the people that you're talking about were elderly people or people that had some kind of disability, either physical or, or mental perhaps, that did not allow them to either recognize that they were in trouble or okay. they might have recognized they were in trouble but simply didn't have family or didn't, didn't have a method of getting into a, uh, a situation where they can get help. In Europe, for example, there are a lot of people that live, that even older people that live in let's say the top floor of an apartment building that might not have an elevator. 
those people couldn't get out and they couldn't actually seek help because they were unable to get all the way down, for example, maybe several flights of stairs. In in heat wave, it's so important to check on the elderly, to check on the very young, check on anybody that you know that may be infirm or or have uh, uh, medical conditions. You've got to do it regularly and often because these people are going to have trouble. They're going to need help, and they may not be able to obtain it on their own. So you just might save a life if you're vigilant. We are talking about the dangers of heat and other natural disasters with the one and only Dr. Joe Alton. He is the author of some very uh, well-known and best-selling books. He's also written and penned over 800 articles on medical preparedness in the wilderness, disaster, and other settings that will be very relevant to all of us listening in right now, our national and international listeners. You know, explain to us what a heat stroke is, Dr. Alton, because we hear the term, and some obviously we're not medical like you. Some people will say, well, I guess it's just a stroke. Um, but tell us, one, define it, and who's really susceptible to it? Well, you know, there are, it, there's a whole spectrum of issues related to heat, heat-related illness. And uh, the first one would be, let's say, something like heat cramps. Some people may faint or some people may have cramps in their muscles uh, because of the heat. Kids especially, let's say, if they're running around on a hot day, but that doesn't necessarily sig- signify a major heat-related event. The, once you get to moderate issues, we call it heat exhaustion. Once you have severe effects from the heat, we call it heat stroke. Now, heat exhaustion okay. usually doesn't result in permanent damage, but heat stroke does. It could permanently disable. It could kill its victim. So it's a medical emergency. It has wow. to be treated, treated promptly. And so there are a number of different Uh, symptoms that you can expect to see in these kinds of situations. A person with heat exhaustion will have a very rapid pulse, uh, will be flushed, will be sweaty, they'll have a headache, and they may be somewhat confused. Their temperature, if you you have a thermometer on you, their body core temperature could go as high as 105 degrees. But once you go beyond, once you go beyond 105 degrees, then you get into heat stroke territory. And heat stroke, in addition to all the other stuff that I just mentioned, that person will lose consciousness. A person may have seizures, could bleed into the urine or or could have bloody vomit, will have difficulty breathing. And the one thing that's different between heat exhaustion and heat stroke is that the skin no longer is sweaty. And the reason why that is is that... But once your body temperature goes above about 105 degrees or so, the body loses the ability to sweat, to use sweating as a mechanism to get heat out of the body. And that causes the cascade that can lead to death. Wow. And I would obviously assume if anyone even suspects someone is having a heat stroke or even a heat exhaustion, which is a step down below the heat stroke, still they need to seek immediate medical attention. The more rapid the action, the more likely that somebody is going to recover from this kind of situation. If somebody just has heat exhaustion, they're usually going to still be with it mentally. You could possibly give them fluids. You can uh, give them, uh, let's say, a wet, moist towel. You get them out of the out of the heat, and that would work. But once you get into heat stroke, that person is going to be able to help themselves very much. So you've got to remove them from the heat source. 
you got to remove their clothing or get as much of it off as you can. Drench them if you can in cool water or ice. Elevate their legs above the uh, level of the heart. That's called yeah. the shock position. You would fan them, try to uh, evaporate some of that heat off of them. And if you were in a situation, let's say you were out in the woods and you weren't able to immerse them in anything, if you have okay. even those little shake-and-break ice packs, put them in the yeah. groin, armpit, the neck. That, those are areas where blood vessels run close to the skin and cool temperatures will transport uh, more easily to the body core. Who oh, is susceptible to a heat stroke? I know uh, we you touched on one. Um, perhaps a child could be outside and have heat exhaustion. Anyone else? I mean, even those who are in tip-top shape or the middle-aged man working in his yard in the midst of the summer? Yes, because most of them don't realize that they are at risk for heat stroke. A heat stroke is preventable in most cases and is a result of poor judgment. Having a heat stroke is a result of poor judgment, not doing the things that you need to do to prevent it. You know, I can't help but think, as you described, heat exhaustion, of course, which is a notch below a heat stroke, much more serious than heat stroke is. But I'm thinking, wow, I wonder how many children have actually suffered from heat exhaustion. You know, I mean, that just went through my head that parents like, oh, well, they look flush, um, they're exhausted, go lay down. Is there a possibility as guardians, as parents, that we're missing the signs of heat exhaustion, even with children in the summer months, as they run for hours outside in the water sprinkler? Oh, absolutely. I mean, actually, having a water sprinkler would be a pretty good idea to help prevent that because it would cool off that child. But if they are just in the heat, you're in a part of the country that, that's dry and it's hot and you're in the midst of a heat wave, uh, having your kids go out there in the, in the middle of the day, right out in the sun, that is a recipe for disaster. And a lot of parents will not recognize that their kids are having heat stroke. They'll just see that they're just sort of red and flushed and sweaty, and they'll just okay. say, "Well, he's getting getting a sunburn, and he's, you know, he just need, he's just doing too much." Wow. And also having a physician on of your caliber, I know this is not necessarily with the natural disaster perspective of it, but uh, talking about sunscreen, um, I know we, we hear the stories in the news, but a lot of parents are like, hey, you know, I grew up, I didn't necessarily put it on myself, and I'm fine. How important is it to use sunscreen uh, as all of us are out, in particular our children, but I'm one of those that happen to think if you care about your kids, you want to be here as long as you can also, for all of us as a family to be protected from the sun. Well, absolutely. Not only does uh, using sunscreen give you protection from the immediate effects of the sun in terms of burning, but it also gives you long-term protection against many of the skin conditions and, and even skin cancers that can occur as a result of excessive exposure. So it makes great sense, Shana, to have uh, your kids and you and every all your listeners should be using sunscreen. Absolutely. Great information. We're talking to the one and only Dr. Joe Alton. He is on with us. He is a, a physician, and he's also a survival expert where he helps advise individuals and groups on how to survive natural disasters. Um, before we move on to other natural disaster types, I have to ask this. Any other quick basic tips for our national and international listeners um, to keep in mind as we proceed through these hot, extreme weather of the summer months, because it has been some serious um, hot weather already in many parts of the U.S., especially the southeast, where it's reached over 100 degrees. Absolutely. Let's 
talk a, a little bit about what somebody that's an expert, the state of Arizona Department of Health, what they recommend. They suggest drinking okay. at least a half a gallon of water a day uh, if you're mostly indoors and one to two additional liters for every hour of outdoor time where you are actually exerting yourself. Wear lightweight, okay. light-colored clothing, use a sun hat, use an umbrella to effect, deflect the sun's rays, uh, eat small, frequent meals, avoid strenuous activities, stay indoors if you can in the worst parts of the day, and, of course, if you okay. have to exert yourself on warm days, take regular breaks. All right. And when we say uh, not in the midst of the heat, I know everyone's in different parts of the country and even the world listening to you right now tonight. But I would imagine that would be the earliest part of the day, right, before 930 or 10 a.m.? The, no, the, yes, absolutely. The best time to, do exert, to exert yourself would be before the sun gets very high in the sky and uh, certainly closer to dusk towards the end of the, towards the, end of the day when okay. uh, you're in a really hot weather. Wow, great information from the one and only Dr. Joe Alton. Hey, well, I have to ask you this. It's an age-old question. You know, you listen to some grandparents or great-grandparents, and they'll say, hey, we, we didn't have air conditioning. We ran outside. Um, we had fun things. And sometimes people teasingly can say, well, this new generation, they uh, claim they need air conditioning and, you know, this and that. And, of course, I'm not saying that for all great-grandparents or grandparents, but there are some out there who say that or people of different generations. You know, I, I guess I'd like for you, before we move on to the next, topic to really emphasize that if it's extreme weather, if it's hot or not, we just have to be very careful and cautious for our health's sake, right? Absolutely. People in different parts of the country actually may be prone to different levels of heat of, of uh, heat related illness based on what they're used to. If, you, if a heat wave hit Alaska, there'd probably be a, more people that are actually become sick as a result or have emergencies okay. as a result than, let's say, Arizona. I see. Because it's what your body is really used to. And obviously, you know, this is just casual conversation people will have, but I'll meet people from very cold climates, and they'll say that it took a while to get adjusted to warmer weather, but they eventually did, and they would probably feel uncomfortable going back to the original place where it was cold. Exactly, Shayna. Wow. Well, we are on with the one and only Dr. Joe Alton. He is a medical physician and also a survival expert, and he's telling us some great information. Now, I want to move on to something that's very relevant right now. I want to talk about hurricanes and tornadoes, um, and unfortunately, um, that tends to carry heavy rains. Recently, we saw what heavy rains has done to Texas and also more recently to West Virginia, where there have been many, many unfortunate deaths. Uh, you know, Dr. Alton, uh, we know that natural disaster can hit. Some things we can plan for, some things we just can't. But give us some quick tips on how to survive the flooding, because that seems to be the biggest problem when we have storms come through. Um, it's the flooding that seems to be unexpected, and so many people uh, unfortunately get stranded. It, it's very true, and it can happen very quickly. There are things called flash floods, where uh, flooding in an area can occur even if there hasn't been a great deal of rain. If rain occurs, uh, let's say, at a higher elevation, then that water can come quickly into a lowland, and even desert areas can wind up getting flooded. So it's a big issue. So there, I have oh, wow. some flood safety. I have some def definitely have some flood safety tips. Of course, yes. if you live in a low-lying 
area, especially if you live near a river or a dam or a floodplain, then you should, of course, heed warnings when they're given. There usually are the, the authorities will give warnings. They'll tell you to hit the road, Jack, and if they say that, then you should evacuate quickly. Okay. Uh, right, because and you have to remember that you have to make that decision as early as possible because the more the likelihood that roads are going to be flooded out and you're not going to be able to get through. That's going the the more rain there is or the the more developed the flood is, the less likely you're going to be able to get out of there. Now, if you have okay. to walk, make sure that you know that. During the during of course a flood, you could as you can imagine, drowning is the most common cause of death, and rapidly moving water can knock you off your feet. If you're on your feet, if you're walking wow. out or trying to trek out of an area where it's flooding, water knocks you off your feet. Even if it's relatively shallow, just a foot of water uh, can knock you off your foot if it uh, feet off if it's going fast enough. So that's something that's that's very very important. Now you have to. Beware of down power lines. I think that's important. Electric current is very easily conducted through water. You don't have to touch the down line to get electrocuted. Just step oh, wow. in the water nearby, and it can kill you. I remember a story oh, wow. where there was a, a family that was in a car. The car uh, got stuck in the water. There was a down power line nearby. The father opened the door, stepped into the water, immediately got electrocuted, and in turn... Every other member of the family went to help him and got oh. electrocuted, electrocuted in turn. Five people. So this wow. this is a major issue it, it, because every time they would step in, the second they would step in the water, to become electrocuted, and they didn't realize what was going on. Um, don't drink the water. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. No, no, go ahead. So don't drink the water because it can be yeah, it's contaminated. Yeah, I have a, Wet, yes, exactly. Flood water is not clean water. It's contaminated by debris. It's contaminated. Sometimes water treatment plants are even compromised by the disaster. Okay. So make sure you have a reliable way to sterilize water and a good supply of clean water in, okay. in storage somewhere. So, you know, fill up, fill up the bathtub uh, if, if you think that you're going to be able to stay in place or have some water, some water um, jugs or, or a way to carry water out with you if you're if you're leaving. So that makes a lot of sense to do that. Wow, what some very great and resourceful tips to survive. Of course, a very relevant the hurricane season is happening now. It's June first through November the thirtieth um, in the U.S. Um, and there are areas hit harder. Of course, um, going up the coast from Florida to South Carolina to North Carolina, um, often they see a lot of this and are threatened with these storms. And Dr. Alton just gave some great information on survival. Um, and one thing I want to emphasize that you said it seems so basic, but yet we continue to see individuals um, who don't necessarily follow what the authorities are saying. When they say evacuate, when they say leave, you know, Dr. Alton, there are individuals out there, many uh, can be, not all to generalize, but many can be survivalist types themselves who say, I'm going to wait it out. This is my property. I'm going to guard it. I don't want anything to happen. Uh, I know as a medical expert and as a survival expert, you would suggest use uh, some safety for your life, right? Absolutely. You know, people that are in the preparedness community, that these folks are rugged individualists, a lot of them, and, and they don't like the idea of abandoning their property in times of trouble. But when a hurricane's on the way or you're, you're in the, the, the path of a tornado, you've got a problem. And you okay. probably would, have the, would be best served by getting your family the heck out of there 
and you know, move in, in the case of a hurricane, move inland. If you move yeah. inland, the, you remember that the the hurricanes lose steam as they hit land, and the further okay. inland you go, the less you'll be affected by the storm. Quickly, anything uh, that uh, homeowners or renters or anyone occupying the resident can do, um, because, of course, with hurricanes, not only uh, often the rain and the flooding, but also the high winds, obviously. Anything they should do um, in this season? I mean, should they have some sort of boards? or I mean, if they're caught in the house, I've heard sometimes, I, I don't know necessarily if it's just for a hurricane, but get into a um, room that has no windows, is that helpful? Yes, actually, if you, if you can if you have shutters, get if that's great, and you should put them up. Uh, if you have boards uh, to board the areas up, that's good. If I want you to move all outdoor furniture and potted plants that you may have on the patio or are outside your home, and I want you to move them. If you can't move them indoors, move them against the wall so they don't become missiles. That's something that's very very important. If you have trees with dense crowns, they're going to tip over, and so you might consider pruning them so that there's some airflow that will be able okay. to go through them. That's another thing that's important. Fill up your, your gas and propane tanks uh, early in the hurricane season so that you have them available because there'll be a huge rush once the hurricane starts coming. And one thing that's, that's important, uh, there's a kind of power that, you, of course, you lose electricity oftentimes during hurricanes, but there's a and, and having a generator would be a good a good idea. And to, if you use it outside, the fumes inside would certainly be be damaging to you. But remember the other kind of power, and that is purchasing power. Credit card verification might be down. You may okay. not be able to buy anything unless you have cash. So have some cash on hand. Wow, that's a smart thing. So have some keep some cash on hand because the credit cards are right. You may not be able to access them. At all. Lastly, I want to talk about a disaster on another front um, that uh, seems to be one that's baffling some. We're talking about the Zika virus. Your colleagues, uh, Dr. Alton, um, are disagreeing, it seems, on it. We have uh, different organizations saying different things. As you know, um, the World Health Organization um, uh, has given their stamp of approval saying that it should be ideally fine and safe for Olympians and others to go to Brazil for the upcoming Olympics. Um, taking place this August. Um, however, and with that being said, there were a group of physicians who signed an open letter um, throughout the world, not just U.S. physicians, saying we just don't know enough about the Zika virus to recommend or encourage individuals to travel to Brazil, where, according to some physicians, the situation is not being controlled. Um, and not necessarily pointing fingers at Brazilians, medical experts, they're saying they just don't know enough about it to know uh, the long-term consequences. You know, what does this all mean to the average citizen who's saying, I'm no doctor, but I just don't want my kids bitten by a mosquito, and then they become sick? Well, the mosquito-borne illness is a big issue, and we have not just one, but we have many, many different mosquito-borne illnesses, the worst of which is malaria, which kills millions of people a year throughout the world. But the mosquito that passes the Zika virus actually passes a number of other viruses as well, yellow fever virus, things like West Nile okay. virus, other, other kinds of viruses like that. And so it is something that is a concern. It is, diff it is a difficult, difficult uh, project to try to eliminate the mosquito in its entirety in a particular area. And uh, Brazil indeed has, Brazil has 
had its largest military mobilization in the history of the country, and it's not to fight a foreign invasion; it is to fight okay. a mosquito. Well, or a foreign wow. an invasion by a foreign mosquito, actually. So this is a this is a big issue. I think that it's something that we have to look at exactly what the deal is here. If you are pregnant or considering becoming pregnant in the near future, you should not travel. And indeed, the Centers for Disease okay. Control Prevention tell you do not travel to Brazil. If you are okay. a man, if you are a man and you are have a partner that may become pregnant or may be eligible okay. to become pregnant or That's is right. pregnant, then you also might think about whether this this trip is necessary because apparently we're finding out that in the seminal fluid in the bodily fluids of the man uh the zika virus lasts a lot longer than it does in the blood it only lasts wow. about seven to ten days in the blood but it may last months in a male that means that he could get zika and not have symptoms, actually 80% of people with Zika don't actually have symptoms or even have symptoms, recover from it, and months later might pass the virus, which is hidden in his okay. uh, sexual organs, to a woman. Wow. And, of course, we all have seen the images of uh, those infants that have been born um, with the effects of the Zika virus. So, you know, all throughout the U.S., Especially in the southeast, mosquitoes are rampant, Dr. Townsend. And, you know, people are going out and they say, oh, I've been bit by mosquitoes and they're scratching. And, of course, I'm so glad that you emphasize it's more than just the Zika virus that mosquitoes can spread. I mean, you, you mentioned malaria. I know um, the West now um, has been popular in previous years, that virus as well. What should someone be doing right now if they're located in the States or somewhere else? Should they be using some sort of a brain um, to sort of ward off the mosquitoes. And then on the flip side, you know what someone's going to say. Um, they'll say, well, if I put the spray on, is, is that pesticide, is that chemical going inside of my body, is that healthy as well? Well, I've got three words for them, and those are the three Ds of, of safety, mosquito safety, and that is drain, dress, and defend. And so when I okay. say the word drain, everybody has some standing water outside their property or near their near their okay. home, and so it could be a, a it could be a, a an old tire, it could be a can an empty can of soda that uh, after the rain has some water in it. it. Doesn't take very much for a mosquito to be able to find a place to lay eggs that will allow okay. the mosquito to grow to an adult. So drain those areas. Make sure that you do everything you can to avoid standing water in your location. Now, when I say dress, you may consider having putting on long sleeves and pants. Some there are some actual netting type clothing you put over either over your head or even come in believe it or not in shirts and uh, uh, pants that are just essentially mosquito netting and you put it over your regular clothes and you will oh, wow. be Yes, exactly. And, of course, when you say defend, we're talking about what you just mentioned, Shana, and that is mosquito repellent. And, indeed, you, you're, a lot of people are worried about, well, what's this going to do to me? Well, the Environmental Protection Agency approves certain ones, and DEET okay. is the one that is the most common one that is 
approved by the uh, the EPA is thought to be safe for you and safe for the environment, even safe for pregnant women. Uh, okay. The other ones are the other ones are picaridin, uh, a chemical known as IR thirty five thirty five. And if you and if you have folks that listen in your audience that uh, would like to use natural products, believe it or not, the EPA has approved oil of lemon eucalyptus as being safe and effective against the mosquitoes that pass Zika virus. Remember that the Zika virus mosquito has now been found in 44 states of the Union. Wow. And and, and you gave us some great practical advice. You said the the drain, the dress, and the defend, which is smart advice for all of us to keep in mind. And just also a reminder for our national and international listeners, mosquitoes, I know we're talking about individuals in different parts of the world, but typically in the U.S., um, they're out, I'm I'm assuming, towards the end of the day more so, Dr. Allison, or they literally can be found at any point if they're standing water. Many, many mosquito species are most active at dawn and dusk. However, not the Aedes mosquito. The Aedes mosquito is the type of mosquito that passes Zika virus. Aedes, by the way, is the Greek word for unpleasant. Oh, wow. (laughs) And so uh, the Aedes mosquitoes bites all day long. And so your safest. You're safest only at night if you're if you're going to go out uh, when it comes to the Aedes mosquito. Wow, great information. Again, talking to Dr. Alton, Dr. Joe Alton, he's talking to us about the Zika virus. He just wrapped up some other important topics as well. You know, lastly, before we leave the Zika virus, um, I know you said that we've just got to use some practical things to defend ourselves against it. Um, on one note, many people are saying, hey, go outside, send the kids, you run, you get in shape. But then people are torn because they're saying, here's the Zika virus, here's the heat waves, extreme heat. Any lasting words uh, in general for, um, of course, wanting to be an active family, to stay as healthy as possible, but also wanting to protect ourselves against some other bigger serious factors um, that are can be out there spread by the Well, I definitely want to just uh, want to put together our our talk about heat waves and talk about Zika virus by telling people that I want them to place uh, to put on both mosquito repellent and sunscreen, but you have to do it in a certain way. Put the sunscreen on first 15 minutes before you leave the house. Okay. It absorbs okay. into the body, and then put the mosquito repellent on. The mosquito repellent t- tends to stay on top of the skin. It is not absorbed, at least the ones that we had talked about. So that's okay. the way I want people to, to do that, and your kids m- might benefit from having both of these things on if they're going to be out in the heat of summer. And so that is one thing. And I have one last thing to say yeah. with regards to the Olympics. I want every one of your listeners to answer, ask themselves this question. Why would you want to send half a million tourists from 170 countries to ground zero of a major epidemic, all for just the sporting? Wow, that, that's one question that uh, you put out there. It's a, a one that needs to be heavily considered for anyone. Again, not trying to scare anyone, but you have a, a valid point. And, of course, there are many physicians uh, that agree with the question you're putting out there. They, that's the question. That's why there has been some uh, concern on individuals' part that it seems to be a divide within the medical community, again, with the World Health Organization, saying it should be safe and ideal for individuals to attend the Olympics. Dr. Joe Allison, we're going to have 
to have you back on again to talk about natural disasters and other things, you being a medical physician yourself. But before you leave us, I know, uh, again, you're the author of the penman of uh, some best-selling books out there. Tell us a little bit about yourself and where we can find more information about you. Well, I'm a fellow of the American College of Surgeons, American College of OBGYN, member of the Wilderness Medical Society. You can find my website at www.doomandbloom, not doom and gloom, doomandbloom.net, and you'll find over 800 articles there. Don't forget uh, my new books. The third edition just came out of the Survival Medicine Handbook, The Essential Guide for When Medical Help is Not on the Way, and my uh, book about the Zika virus, The Zika Virus Handbook, and you can find those on Amazon. Wow, and I know you happen to be a believer that every family should have someone within it that can be that medical uh, expert, if you will, using that word loosely, but to be able to move and really help in the uh, be the event of a disaster or in a medical emergency, right? Shana, it's not a belief. It is a mission. That My mission is, for the time I have left on this earth, is to put a medically prepared person in every family for any disaster. Wow, and I know you would share, uh, just like the Let's Talk America platform, that that begins with information and awareness? So true, Shannon, so true. Thank you. Dr. Geraldton for being here on Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton Radio. Hi, my name is Kezia Alford. For more information on my music, please go to keziaalford.com. That's K-E-Z-I-A-A-L-S-O-R-D.com. Or find it online at any digital outlet. I pray that my music blesses your soul. And you are currently listening to Let's Talk America with Jane Thornton. Welcome back, listeners of your national award-winning news talk program, Let's Talk America. You know, uh, cryogenic shock is when the heart suddenly can't pump enough blood and oxygen to the body's vital organs, and it can cause the organs to completely shut down. Now, it often can be fatal, especially if not treated immediately. In fact, only about half the people who go into cardiogenic shock survive. Now, I'm no expert on any of this, but you know on Let's Talk America Radio, we seek those that are. And right now, I am privileged to be speaking on the line with uh, Dr. Pawez Mirage. Uh, thank you, sir, for being with us. He's a very acclaimed interventional um, cardiologist. And we also have uh, Jarrah Heron on with us. Welcome, both of you, to Let's Talk America Radio. Good morning, Shana. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, good thank morning. you for being. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, very honored to have you on. My first question is towards you, doctor. You know, I Explain how serious this is, because a lot of us may have never heard the term. Sure, and uh, I, I think it's uh, not uncommon that most people haven't heard about this, but I think everyone has heard about a heart attack. And a heart attack is when, you know, we've all seen on TV or in movies where someone has clutching their chest and having chest pressure, chest pain, arm pain. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, readily treated today, whereas 20 years ago, people with heart attacks, you know, readily didn't make it. Uh, but heart attacks are actually, you know, med modern medical therapies have done a great job of being able to take care of patients with heart attacks. But what cardiogenic shock is, is, is the next extreme form of that heart attack. About, like you said, one in 10 patients who have a heart attack can develop cardiogenic shock. And it's really that extreme form where the heart pump, you know, during that heart attack isn't able to pump enough blood through the body. It is absolutely horrendous and horrific, and uh, many patients, unfortunately, uh, in, in the past have been unable to be cared for because we just didn't have the technology to take care of patients like this. So they're really sick. They're on death's door, and they really require a lot of extensive expertise medical uh, attention. You know, 
is the most common cause of cardiogenic shock? Sure, the most common cause is actually a massive heart attack. So, you know, we, the heart has three major arteries in it, and depending on which of the three major arteries gets blocked up during a heart attack, it can really affect the amount of the heart that's affected. So whenever you have more than half of your heart muscle affected by a heart attack, it can really cause major cardiogenic shock, major heart pump failure. Wow. And that's really the culprit and cause of a lot of cardiogenic shock. There are other reasons for cardiogenic shock yeah. as well, but that's the most common. You know, does everyone who have a heart attack, do they go into cardiogenic shock? Absolutely not. Only one in 10 really do. And uh, it's, really a, it's really, like I said, an extreme form uh, of that heart attack. And it can happen also if we wait too long. Uh, when someone's having a heart attack and has their symptoms, if we wait too long to get, seek medical care, the heart gets weaker and weaker. And in that time period, the heart function gets worse and the body becomes unable to recuperate or recover uh, from that massive heart attack. You're listening to your national award-winning news talk program, Let's Talk America, and we are putting the focus on your heart, trying to keep it as healthy as possible. You know, Dr. Mirage, we're talking to you. You're an acclaimed cardiologist. Um, you know, but tell us this. You know, there's someone listening in right now from Sacramento, California, saying, wow, that sounds pretty serious, pretty painful. It can be even fatal. Um, what can we do uh, to um, lower our chances of any of this? Because it sounds like probably some of the same components of lowering our chance of a heart attack. Definitely. I think the first and foremost, if you're talking about preventing a heart attack altogether, as we all know, there are a lot of things we can all do to hopefully prevent that heart attack from happening. Uh, eating healthy, exercising, diet, you know, and, and, and as we all know in the U.S., we love our food. Uh, and I'm not one to say that I don't love my food either. Uh, but we all have to be really careful with what we eat and how we eat and how we live our lives. Uh, that's really how you prevent a heart attack. And that's really the best way to prevent cardiogenic shock, too. Okay. Um, but the reality of it is, is unfortunately there are times when you can't. And uh, yeah. there are some patients, and as you'll hear about, you know, where no matter what you do, you do everything right, and yeah. it could still happen. And, and that's the time when it's really important to seek that medical attention because the sooner you seek expert medical attention, the less likely you are, not just from developing cardiogenic shock, but from really dying from cardiogenic shock. Because wow. the, close, the sooner you get to us, the quicker we can help you. Wow. We are talking about heart health, and sometimes, um, as so eloquently stated by the physician, our cardiologist on with us, it can be a matter of life or death. I want to get to uh, the patient that's with you because I know she has an amazing story. But first, um, tell us about uh, this amazing new uh, device that can perhaps help. It absolutely can. Uh, I would say, you know, six years ago, a patient who came with cardiogenic shock, we took care of them the best we could. But unfortunately, we all knew that we were handicapped in our ability to take care of them. We didn't have the right tools. We didn't have the right equipment. Today, we definitely have the tools and the equipment in our armamentarium to be able to take care of patients like this. This special heart pump that you're, you're describing and mentioning uh, is, is, is something called the Impella heart pump. And we're able to put these heart pump, this heart pump in through the leg without cutting anybody open in our cardiac cath labs and we're able to rest and relax the heart. Really, it, what it does is it takes over uh, some of the heart function, uh, up to all the heart function, uh, allowing the heart to rest and recover. And that's really the most important thing is because in order for patients to get better, their heart has to rest and eventually recover. And so not only do patients live after, the, after they're having cardiogenic shock, but they actually live normal, functioning, healthy lifestyles after that. This is amazing, and it is approved by uh, the FDA. It absolutely is approved by the FDA for this particular condition. Okay. Wow. I want to turn our sights right now to the patient with you, J.R. Heron. I hope I'm not uh, messing your name up too bad. Welcome to Let's Talk America Radio. Uh, you know, tell us your journey. 
Well, Shana, I am somebody that never thought in a million years I would be speaking about my experience with cardiogenic shock. Uh, I was 39 years old, and I had no health issues whatsoever to speak of. But okay. shortly after the birth of my sixth child, I experienced a very traumatic uh, heart attack, which resulted wow. in me needing to be life-flighted to the local Tul uh, St. John Hospital in my local hometown, Tulsa, yes. Oklahoma, wherein the cath lab cardiologist placed six stents into my heart just to restore my blood flow to and from. Okay. So during that time, my heart had rapidly deteriorated and I did go into cardiogenic shock. So let me paint that picture for you. What that was like was I had complete organ failure. I was on death's door and the first move by the cardiologist after placing these stents in was to try to put me on a heart transplant list. So because I was so ill and had the cardiogenic shock, I got denied a heart transplant. So okay. there I am. And my cardiologist, that hospital had just received the Impella heart pump, fortunately for me. So he utilized that device and this allowed my heart, which was so weak and so damaged, to rest and recover and for me to actually survive what was going to kill me. My organ failure, I had so many complications in the ICU as a result of my heart not being able to pump blood to my yes. body. So I had emergency surgery on my intestines. I had a whole slew of, of things that normally you wouldn't be able to survive in that scenario unless you had the heart pump working for you. So wow. I'm very fortunate. What an amazing story of, yes. of survival. I, Absolutely. I, so congratulations to you. Jared, if you had any uh, message to anyone listening in right now, we have listeners on from Houston, Texas, um, who would say, you know, well, I, I seem to be in great health, and even if not, to be honest, I don't have the time with the kids and balancing everything with the family to get checked. What would be your message? Well, you know, Shana, sometimes there are no warning signs. You know, yes. sometimes there are acute traumatic events, like such as I experienced, where I think what's important for the listeners to understand is that they need to know the warning symptoms and okay. get care immediately. And if we, you know, what we hope to share today is that maybe they can do a little research and know where this device is located if something ever does happen traumatic yes. to your heart, because this is simply a device that you want in your corner for sure. Wow. Amazing. Dr. Mirage, I'd like to close with you. Uh, she said it's best. Um, we need to be aware of the warning signs. Really quickly, again, recap those warning signs for all of our national and international listeners. Sure. So those warning signs are really the extreme form of a heart attack. So it's beyond just that chest pain, chest pressure, arm pain. It's really that shortness of breath, that inability to get up and walk to your bathroom. It's the okay. inability to just, even when you're sitting down, that inability to catch your breath. It's, it's a really extreme form of this discomfort and the inability to just live your function of daily lives. So uh, those are the signs and symptoms that you're really paying attention to and that you really don't want to ever have. But if you start having them, don't wait. Don't take time. Don't think it's going to get better because it's not going to get better. And like I said you know, earlier, cardiogenicshock.com cardiogenic is okay. really the website to go to to get all that information. And as Jared said, you know, we got to know where those centers are, those centers of excellence, those heart centers yes. that will really be able to help you, your loved one, and everyone around because that's really what's going to save that person's life. Powerful information. Dr. Mirage, I don't want to state the obvious, but um, if people are feeling any of those symptoms or even a, a lower grade of it, which may be a mild heart attack, I know you would advise 
call 911 immediately. Definitely 100% of the time. This is not something you never want to have a symptom like that and just take it easy or drive yourself to the hospital. That's an absolute no-no. Yes. Uh, call 911, get an e get EMS, get medical professionals there to help you. That's what we're all here to do. We're all here to help people, so hopefully we can help you. Amazing story on health. I thank you both for joining us on Let's Talk America Radio. Thank you, Shana. Thank you. It was Out of Love, a true love story of deception, grace, and forgiveness by sensational author James Marr. It's a powerful book that will truly inspire you. In this bizarre but true love story, a husband unravels the mystery surrounding his wife's 30-year deception and discovers the true meaning of God's grace and forgiveness. All readers will gain from this phenomenal life story. Get a copy of the book for yourself or for a loved one. Download the free ebook at www.itwasoutoflove.com. Again, get your free ebook version of this phenomenal book by visiting www.itwasoutoflove.com. It was Out of Love, a true love story of deception, grace, and forgiveness by Arthur James Marr. This is Renita Mitchell-Blackwell, editor-in-chief of Born Saber Magazine, and you are listening to Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton. Stay tuned in, America. Welcome back, listeners of your national award-winning news talk program, Let's Talk America. Well, we all know the buzzword, and it's the latest trend. It's hoverboards, and uh, they continue to be one hot item on the market, especially if you have children, preteens, or teenagers. Well, many of you have heard in the news that many were pulled uh, for different reasons, mostly for being too hot and a few instances of exploding and causing some fires. Now, I'm no expert on any of this, but you know on Let's Talk America Radio, we seek those that uh, know the truth and uh, love to share that information with us. Trending news topics. I'm talking about Ken Boyce is with us and we also have Catherine Mahoney. Welcome the two of you to Let's Talk America Radio. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you for being on with us. Now, it's um, the buzz, especially this past holiday season. Um, you still see them out and about. Um, tell me this, where are we all right now in terms of safety, Ken, with this um, hot item? Well, there really was a, a global problem, Shana, with hoverboards causing fires. And UL, my company, stepped in to very rapidly develop safety requirements that helped uh, manufacturers know how to design safe hoverboard products and then a test program to demonstrate that the products really are safe. And we've been working with uh, manufacturers to go through that very extensive engineering evaluation and now products are eligible to bear the UL mark for safety. Wow, I love it. So now with the UL mark, you're saying that uh, consumers can really know and trust that the item is safety, is safe rather? Absolutely. So the, the special uh, UL holographic certification mark on a hoverboard means that it has been evaluated to all of those rigorous safety requirements by UL and that uh, the product really is, is a safe product. I love it. Now, Catherine, uh, tell us how has your company responded to the safety issues? Well, first, I think it's important to point out that uh, our company always advocates safety. 
and we're already complying with other safety requirements such as the ASTM mechanical safety standard. But okay. when the UL came out with the, the new standard, we immediately did everything possible uh, that we needed to do to get that certification. And we are really excited to have our certified hover tracks back out in the market as early as July. I see. And again, I want to point out to our national and international listeners that Catherine Mahoney is Vice President of Marketing, Razor USA, LLC, and Ken Boyce, the first voice you heard in this interview, is Principal Engineer Director at Energy and Power Technologies at UL LLC. Um, they both know a lot about hoverboards and trying to um, get out as much information as possible. You know, uh, Ken, I want to go back to you. Now that they have the stamp of approval, you're saying that consumers can feel safe about it. Are there still any tips of safety that probably is just common sense that we need to be using um, with this device or the hoverboard? Yeah, that's a great question, Shana. And certainly the, the UL certification really does a rigorous job of looking at the electrical safety of that entire okay. system, the charger, the components inside the hoverboard and the batteries. Um, but certainly there are very important safety tips about using a hoverboard in terms of riding it. And I know Catherine has some, some suggestions on that. Yes, well, we, we always advocate uh, safety. So first and foremost, wear your helmet. But also, okay. also take the time to learn how to ride the product, ride it okay. safely, carefully, and always check and obey local laws on where and how you can use it on public property. I love that. Catherine, also, I want to go a step further. We have a lot of listeners who have uh, children of different ages, and I have witnessed myself in the neighborhood, children of different ages jumping on hoverboards, especially a few months ago. Um, are there differences in them? I don't know a whole lot. You all do. But in terms of age, I mean, are there ones that are probably a little more appropriate for younger users? Well, our company um, recommends ages 8 and up, and that's really based on um, – a, a child's ability to follow rules and their ability to coordinate themselves. Um, so I, I think it really is the parent's decision on whether they think that these products are appropriate for their child or not. Okay, I love that. But you're saying your company, I really want to promote that it's for eight and above. So when we're seeing the kids that are smaller or younger than that, you're saying that's probably not a good idea because here is the company that's marketing and advising for eight and above, right? Yes, we would always say eight and above. Okay. All right. And right now, Catherine, also just reiterate to our consumers out there, or those who have already have one or they're planning on getting one maybe as a birthday gift, um, is there any way they should be storing the hoverboard? Is it okay in the garage with the vehicle? Well, we always recommend uh, charging safely, but I think Ken may have some better advice on, on storage of lithium-ion battery packs. Okay. Yeah, certainly. Wow. We great. We have some, some great information available on our website about okay. how to store and use hoverboards. Um, and it is important that there's, there's a lot of thought given to safe charging, safe storage, uh, make sure that we keep it protected from the elements um, and in a, in a safe and secure location. I love that. And just that we have many listeners that have toddlers out there, too. Again, I know you advise um, so many different items, electronic devices out there say this is not necessarily a toy to play with for the toddler to get on when it's not in use or to sort of mess around with it, right? Right. Certainly that, that kind of oversight is important to make sure everybody stays safe. 
Okay, I love it. Captain, one more time, please remind our national and international listeners where they can go for more information. You can get all the information for Razor Hover Tracks on Razor.com. I love it. Thank you, Ken and Catherine, for joining us here on Let's Talk America Radio. So nice to speak with you, Shana. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, this is Leslie. I'm really enjoying the show. Let's Talk America keeps you in the know. Hi, my name is Tina Harrell, and I just love listening to Shana Thornton on Let's Talk America. It's wonderful. Please keep it going, Shana. Hi, I'm Yolanda, and I listen to Let's Talk America. Let's keep it going. Welcome back, listeners of your national award-winning family news talk program, Let's Talk America. You know, TV celebrity carpenter Kate Campbell is defying stereotypes as a rising star and trendsetter on the HGTV home improvement shows, Decked Out, Disaster Decked, and Homes on Homes. Her expertise and advice on outdoor living also bucks traditional notions of designing and planning outdoor space. Well, we have her with us right now live just in time for the warmer weather, and of course, summer is quickly approaching. Welcome to Let's Talk America Radio, Kate. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you know, your status in the industry has created a lot of buzz, a lot of chatter out there. Um, with you having an interest, of course, in building and construction, where did this love uh, come from? <laughs> That's a good question. I was always really active in high school, and I loved working with my hands. So when a career in trades was presented to me, it's kind of like everything just kind of fell into place. I'm very creative. I'm detail-oriented, and I love being active. So it worked perfectly with who I am, and I'm extremely passionate about it as well. I love it. Uh, you know, there may be a young girl listening in right now, 16 or 17, and she also has an interest for that, but maybe family members or others are sort of, sort of steering her somewhere else. Any advice for her? Yes, I've had that question a lot, and sometimes you just have to go and put yourself out there and try it. And I, I continue to say if your family loves you and encourages you and they see that you're passionate about something no matter what it is and if it's the trades then so be it they will eventually they'll get it so don't be afraid to make mistakes be yourself put yourself out there and just pick up a power tool and try it <laughs> Wow, what great advice, and that's for anyone in any industry or field. Now, the question of the hour, Kate, how can people, our listeners, bring the indoors, outdoors? That's a big question. It's very loaded. Yes, well, that's one of the bigger trends this year is, is basically taking the indoors and creating an outdoor space that's almost interior designed. Um, there's many different ways you can do that. I really like defining spaces by the activities that you're doing in them, kind of like you would do inside a house, like your kitchen and your family room. So outdoors, you have your cooking area or you have your lounge, and you can define these areas with things like railings that really complete the look of a deck. But a railing is often forgotten about when you're thinking about deck design, or pergolas that okay. create aerial structure and almost create a, a room within an outdoor room, and outdoor draperies and all-weather furniture, you can basically take anything that you would do inside and bring it outside. 
wow, is that what most people would call a comfort zone, meaning it's comfortable, it works for us, and just use it wherever? It is. I'm a huge fan of comfort zones. I, my comfort zone would be something like a hammock area or a reading nook, okay. somewhere where I can curl up with a nice book, a glass of wine, and just kind of escape from the world. But I'm sitting on a deck right now where the homeowner, I think their comfort zone is a TV and a surround sound and outdoor composite cabinetry. So it's really about finding your comfort zone and creating it in your outdoor space. Okay, now you just mentioned you're on a beautiful deck. Let's talk about decks, okay? Yeah. We have many listeners that either have a deck or they're dreaming of one day building one in their dream home. Um, but many people consider maintaining a deck very challenging and um, a lot of work. Is it possible to have the leisure without the labor? Can you tell us the truth? <laughs> it definitely is, and I highly recommend it because why would you want to create a backyard oasis that you have to maintain year after year after year. With a wood deck, that's what's going to happen. And that's why a composite is a no-brainer. You basically, you install it, and then you kind of forget about it. I'm sitting on a composite deck. It's actually Trex Transcend Havana Gold. It's beautiful. It won't rot. It won't warp. It won't stain. Wow. You never have to worry about it. And you never have to, you never have to paint it, sand it. And it's 95% recycled material, which is one of the main reasons why I oh, really, really enjoyed cool. working with Trex. Wow, so that way we're helping the environment. Also, yes. before you officially leave us, um, obviously you're an expert on outdoors and building and all the cool stuff about our homes and properties. How do we keep the fun, the enthusiasm going well after the sun has gone down on us? You have to think about lighting, and it's often forgotten about because when you're designing your deck, it's kind of an afterthought. So lighting is so important because it extends your, the, the deck use, and there's so many options when it comes to lighting. There's riser lights, tread lights, and there's unique ways that you can incorporate lighting into your deck or even incorporating a fire feature or fireplace that kind of ends up being some place that you, you surround and sets the tone and the atmosphere for your deck or your outdoor space. Wow, we are speaking with Kate Campbell here on Let's Talk America Radio. Many of you know her for being on HDTV's Deck Out, Deck Wars, and Custom Built. Um, you know, before you leave us, you spoke about decks. They don't have to be a whole lot of labor. Um, but when we're trying to keep our decks up, and there are some things, I'm sure, minimal things we have to do, and especially the lighting. And I love seeing the lighting on, in the back of homes or in the front of homes. Do we have to break the budget, Kate? Do we have to go all out, or are there some budget-friendly ideas? There are. You know what? You can plan out your deck. You can go to trex.com. You could design it. You can pick out the materials. And people think composite is so expensive and that building your deck is so expensive. But really, it's worth the investment when you think about the year after year after year maintenance of a wood deck. And you don't have to go crazy to create a really relaxing space in your backyard. Okay, really neat. And give us a website again where our listeners can go for more information. It's trex.com. It's a great tool to use when you're designing your outdoor space, and you can even order product samples online as well. Kate Campbell, thanks for joining us on Let's Talk America Radio. Thanks for having me. Are you looking for a family-based radio talk show that addresses the relevant issues and concerns of today? You have found the right option. Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton is your award-winning radio talk show that's for every member of the family. Check out our brand-new website by visiting www.letstalkamericawithshanathornton.com. Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton is talk radio with substance. Tune in.
Well, welcome back, everyone. That's a wrap for this night's edition of Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thornton. But you have to stay with us because we'll be back on next Tuesday night, same time, same place. More brand-new segments for you. We keep you informed here on Let's Talk America Radio. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't remind you that Let's Talk America Radio is now on the very popular WAEC Love 860 radio station out of Atlanta, Georgia. We air there every Saturday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Those are new segments, so do continue to stay with us. And, of course, Saturday nights at 8 p.m. belongs to Let's Talk America Radio now. And we also broadcast live from Facebook, so you can see us live in the studio. Do join us, okay? For more information, please visit www.ltaradio.com. That's www.ltaradio.com. Well, you know we love timely news and great talk and also some very powerful music on this show. And tonight, the tunes of Jill Miller will air. Watch Me Fly, Watch Me Fly by Jill Miller. It's an amazing selection. Okay, and I would always like to thank all of those artists out there that submit music. If you're an independent artist, we certainly appreciate all of your contributions and also those side to labels. If you're ever interested in submitting some music to the show as a musician or as a musician representative, please reach out to us at admin at ltaradio.com. You can simply email us at admin at ltaradio.com. And also, if you have any suggestions, feedback on the show or future show ideas, let us know. You're going to email us also at admin at ltaradio.com. Well, out everyone. Have one awesome week. It is a short holiday week since Monday was a holiday for most of us. They were off of work. So enjoy it, all right? We'll be back on soon. We keep you informed. Let's Talk America Radio with host Shana Thornton is your family radio talk show, appropriate for everyone in the household. Stay with us. Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton. Radio is an entity of Pageant & Thomas Enterprises, LLC. All content original, copyright 2016. Views of guests are their own. They do not reflect the opinions or ideas of the staff or production team of Let's Talk America Radio. Oh, 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 oh.
to see a doctor today and can't wait two weeks for an appointment? Are you tired of waiting for hours on end in the emergency room? Well, good news. Get Well Urgent Care is open seven days a week from 10 a.m. until 10 p.m. Dr. Baruti and his well-trained staff specialize in minor surgical procedures like keloid removal, IV therapy, telemedicine, and a six-month physician-supervised weight loss program. Get Well Urgent Care is located in Douglasville, Georgia, Interstate 20, Exit 37. Call 404-937-3508 or go to www.getwellga.org. 